Hell yes. Hells yes. Oh, is that what it says? Oh, I thought it was hells yes, but maybe it is hell yes. Yeah. It's a hell's logger. It just says hell yes. Yeah, but it's a hell's logger. From Moat Mountain Brewing Company. Ziggy zaggy ziggy zaggy. Oi, oi, oi. That sounds like a reference to something. It might be. I don't know. Welcome back to the table. That's some loud bubbles. Yeah. It's also very clear. What are you looking up? Ziggy zaggy. Ziggy zaggy. It's a German song. Oh, sure. Yep. I know it. Could be. It could be like a drinking thing. Maybe. How's it going over there? Good. So you know that road, like going going towards our house. Mm-hmm. Um, it like ends, and you have to then turn left, and go into town, or turn right, and like so you start going up towards our house. Mm-hmm. And it's like a famous spot for people to that are in the left lane. It's a, a left turn only, so they just cut in. Yeah. Today I watched two people in the left only lane. Not just cut, but they just went around the person turning right. They just, no I guess way. in a way, they cut, but also... They turned right out of the left lane? Yeah, but they weren't cutting them off. They were just turning into that into that road. Wow. And then it, on the, also on that road is a bridge Yep. that you, like, it often gets backed up for yep. whatever reason. And there was a guy behind me. Actually, no, he wasn't behind me. He was in the left lane. But he cuts in behind me after I make it past the stop sign or the stoplight mm-hmm. and he cuts off somebody turning in behind me and i look at my river mirror he's just like laughing his ass off because he's like whoa he's like slapping his hands he's laughing his ass off or just like cutting this guy off no i guess way. and then he followed me all the way up here and now he's in our house yeah wow and he- say hi to rodney <laughs> rodney that sounds like a name of a guy who would cut somebody off and then laugh about it definitely that sounds stressful yeah. Wow. So that's how you are right now. Yep. Other than incredibly humid. Yeah, it's gross in here. It's really gross. I'm not digging it. But, you know, that's that's life. That's that's where we are. You're not no digging it? No diggity. Got to bag it up, bag it up. Um, Got anything? How's your week? <laughs> my week was crazy. Um, So there's... There's four of us that work in my office, and so I have my supervisor, and then I have my, like, partner in crime, I like to call her. Well, I've never called her that, but now I am. We're like a duo, and then- Does she listen? What? Does she listen to the podcast? Yeah. Hey, girl, hey. So now you ruined it. You couldn't, like, do it in person now. She's, now it's ruined for her. That's okay. Um. Yeah, we're like a dynamic duo, and then there's another girl who, like- does administrative office tasks anyway my dynamic duo partner was out for the week enjoying herself which was good we were all glad week i mean she works really hard we all do but so she really deserved it so she was out all week and then my supervisor kind of comes and goes and then um the other girl was out sick for a couple days, mm-hmm. and so I picked up a lot of pieces. Slack. So, well, it's not like slack, but I picked up a lot of different tasks that I don't normally do, and so I worked really hard, and I'm tired, but I'm good. 
I think it was a very productive week. Um, this weekend we're going to the city to visit my sister whose birthday is on Monday. Happy birthday, Ellen. Yay. Burr, burr, burr. We're so excited, clearly. No, it's going to be fun, though. Are you we, looking forward to it? We just got to drive down there after this. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? 10 out of 10. Two thumbs up, one thumb up. Only one thumb up. Sideways. Mm-hmm. It's gone down. Yep. That's so how it started in the Coliseums. Yeah. Kill him or not kill him. Well, it starts sideways, and then he's like, what's it going to be? that's the noise that goes with the thumbs down Mm. cool you have anything else that's happening in your life no i don't think so i think it was just that hot take on people not knowing how to drive right right you want to jump right in then yeah do you want to know what i'm drinking sure we already talked about your hell yes Mm mm-hmm I'm drinking a graft cider. It's the lychee one. Question mark? I think. Was it unlabeled? No, it's labeled. I forgot. I'm pretty sure it's the lychee one. 90% sure. It's in the recycling now. Mm -hmm. It's one I've had a lot. One of the Book of Nomad ones. Gotcha. Which I like some of them. Not the coconut one, sorry. Hot take. Just so you know. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. I've had it before on this show. I'm pretty sure. And I like it a lot. And then after this, we're going to a cider dinner. So I'm just continuing the cider party. Mm-hmm. Cider party, you're invited. Um, let's talk about England. Yeah? Which part? That Trump is leading England or <laughs> they're leaving the EU? No, we're talking about earlier in... The eat mushy peas earlier than all well mushy peas probably came first the virgin queen joanna yeats what isn't isn't that a verb yeah so what lots of things that's like when you throw something Mm -hmm. okay she was born april 19th 1985 in hampshire england she went to a boarding school near romsey england and then went to riddle college where she earned a degree in landscape architecture not riddleology. No, not the study of riddles. Riddle me this, Batman. Mm-hmm. She then went on to receive a graduate degree from the University of Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Gloucester. Gloucestershire. 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 wow we're really good at this sorry great britain i don't know um but she went to that university and then got her master's degree or whatever it's probably called a master's over there right i don't know she got a master's degree in i don't think that it varies country to country i don't know i think education standards yeah but they call it uni over there and we don't do that you could yeah but weird though they don't call it college um they can't sing that Asher Roth song. Who? I love college. I love college. Hey, I love women. Hey. No, I sounds like a one-hit wonder. It was. He came to Cornell though. Um, you would know it. Ah, da 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 da. 
In December 2008, Joanna met a man named Greg Reardon at the firm she worked at in Winchester, England. And in 2009, they moved together, moved in together in uh, Bristol so they could... No. Bristol, England, where they were both working at the firm. Um... On December 19th, 2010, Greg came back from a trip to Sheffield and didn't find his girlfriend, Joanna, at home. So he tried to call her and text her, mm-hmm. but he didn't get any response from her. He then went into the apartment and further and called her again and heard her phone ringing from her coat pocket and also found her keys and purse in the apartment. Not a good start. Not a good setup. On top of that, he went and found their cat, and the cat was neglected and unfed. How long was he gone? For a while. He's gone for like five days. How can you tell a cat is unfed? I mean, it would look sad and unfed. Unless it was a fat cat to start with. Um, Right after midnight on December 20th, so he came home on December 19th, so right after midnight... He called the police to report Joanna missing, and then they started to look into what she had been up to while he was gone. So on December 17th, which is three days prior to him calling the police, Joanna had spent time with her friends at um, the nearby Bristol Ram pub and left at approximately 8 p.m. to walk home. She said to her friends that she was unhappy about spending the weekend without Greg, and that was her first weekend alone in the apartment. And she said to pass the time, she would be baking for an upcoming party and preparing for Christmas. The walk from the pub to her apartment was approximately 30 minutes long, so it was a decent, what? There's a lot of similarities between this and my story. (laughs) Are you in England? No. Oh, okay. Um, it was about 30 minutes long, and so that's a, you know, a long walk for someone to walk home at, by themselves on. Um, that sentence sucked. <laughs> at 8.10, a closed-circuit TV recorded Joanna leaving a grocery store. Is this the same story? It's not the same story. It's just very similar. Okay. Um, we did this two weeks in a row. We planned this, I guess. Uh, she was leaving a grocery store, but she didn't buy anything. At 8.30, Joanna made a call to her best friend, Rebecca, to talk about making plans on Christmas Eve. At 8.40, she bought a pizza from a Tesco Express, which is a grocery store, in case you don't know. And then purchased cider at a store called Bargain Booze. Nice. Bargain Booze. I feel like it should be like something Emporium. Bargain Booze and Beer Emporium. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, if the person's name was Boo. Bargain Boo's Beer Emporium. <laughs> yeah. Ellen's got a friend named Boo. Um, Honey Boo? Just Boo. Uh, however, when they looked through her apartment, there was no evidence of the pizza. <laughs> and both bottles of cider at her apartment, um, one of them was partially consumed. After she was reported missing... Greg and Joanna's friends started to use social media to create websites and pages and things for her to have people write in and help look for her, and those got tons and tons of hits, and on December 21st, 2010, 
Joanna's parents went on the news to make an appeal to the kidnapper, which is what they assumed was happening, asking for their daughter back, especially because it was the holidays and it was, you know, they yeah. wanted to be together. When the police looked through her apartment further, they did not find signs of forced entry, so they figured that there was a strong possibility that Joanna knew whoever took her or whatever happened. And on December 25th, 2010, a Christmas crime, a couple was walking their dogs near a golf course and found a fully clothed body that was identified as Joanna Yeats. Merry Christmas. Here's a corpse. They started a po. Merry Corpsmas. Merry Corpsmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> God. Um, they did a postmortem examination on her on December 26th, but they had to delay it because she was so frozen that they couldn't get good results. And then on December 28th, it was released that the case, although uh, first considered to be a case of freezing to death, was to be investigated as a murder because they determined that the cause of death was strangulation and she had been dead a few days prior to being discovered. They also found that she had not eaten the pizza. <laughs> she bought it and fed a homeless dog with it. I don't know. They really focused on the pizza and the articles. And there was no evidence of sexual assault. Mom and Dad, you're welcome. Yesterday I saw them at the park. They drove up in their car and I happened to be there running. And they stopped and talked to me. And they're like, so are you ever going to do one where there's no sexual assault? And then I realized last week I had no sexual assault. And it was all the babies. Mm. The baby raids. And uh, this week, mine doesn't either. So, you're welcome. So far. Mom and dad, mine doesn't. Mine doesn't. Can't speak to you. The police started to investigate the crime further, knowing that it was definitely a murder case, and they called their investigation Operation Braid, and I really couldn't find any reason as to why that is. Did you hear braided hair? Maybe. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I tried. It wasn't there. It's weird. The team working on the investigation consisted of 80 detectives and civilian staff, and it was one of the largest police operations in all of the history of Bristol. I was going to say all of the history. All of history. (laughs) The unit was led by Chief Inspector Phil Jones, who urged the public to come forward to give any information that they knew of regarding her disappearance. And um, after asking the public to come forward, of course, what happens is they get a billion million leads. Oh, or, yeah, not leads, I guess. Your your answer is closer because, like, most of them don't pan out to be anything at all. It's just people calling in looking for attention or whatnot. Tips. But they have to follow up on all that stuff. Can you imagine me, the detective, who's like, I think I saw her, you know, a girl with a braid or whatever. Um, maybe you should come ask me. And then you have to ask every single person who's seen a girl with a braid. Well, I think you can do a lot of those over the phone. Even so. So I think tip hotlines, my understanding, they're like a call center. People call and they're like, people are just like, okay. Is it like that? Um. Thanks. And then they like, once they get something that seems credible, they'll pass it up the chain. Is it like that PBS thing? PBS has that. The telethon? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Kind of like that. 
Are there celebrities that show up and donate? And are there um, the guy from America's Most Wanted, John Walsh, is probably there at the police station for the telethon. Yeah, the big braid police telethon. America's Most Wanted, John Walsh. America's Most Wanted. The son was killed. That's why he does that. Wow. You gonna do that one? No. Okay. You can. Uh huh. We should do ones there, like like Tupac. There's no murder there. Wasn't he shot? Tupac's still alive. Oh my god. I hate you. Um. Okay. In total, they went over. 100 plus hours of surveillance from different cameras in the area and 293,000 kilograms of trash from around her apartment. Find that pizza. Yeah. Where is the pizza? And I almost said, in total, they almost said the exact same sentence again. Uh, a community group from that area that focuses on trying to solve crimes and get inf- getting information regarding crimes called Crime Stoppers. Mm-hmm. Offered 10,000 pounds in a reward for information leading to the arrest of her murderer. I don't know where this, like, rinky-dink bunch of neighbors got 10,000 pounds. Crime Stoppers is a big thing. You've heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of Crime Stoppers. What? In England? I don't know. I've just heard of Crime Stoppers. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe it's bigger than I thought. The police also then did the normal, like, lock your homes, women, don't walk by yourselves, etc., etc. Lock your doors. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah, that one. Yeah. On December 29th, Joanna's father said, I fear that whoever has done this will never hand themselves in, but we live in hope that the police will catch who is responsible. And the police start to look into similar cases, in particular the death of 20-year-old Glennis Carruthers. Glennis. what a name um who was strangled in 1974 melanie hall age 25 who was disappeared in 1996 and was found 13 years later and 35 year old claudia lawrence who went missing in 2009 the reason they looked into those women in particular is there was a similarity in age and appearance and they had all gone missing after having gone out with their friends (laughs) <laughs> yeah but that's like it's like everybody right yeah i know so uh, the police went after that lead for a little bit but then they decided that this was not panning out a likely connection and that they were grasping for straws the police searched greg reardon the boyfriend's computer as a standard protocol and they found nothing so they thought of him more of like a witness to coming home and not finding her and not uh, it's still always the boyfriend of the husband though you just wait maybe it will maybe it won't who knows i do um and then a witness came forward from a who was at a party near joanna's apartment and said she remembered hearing screams around 9 p.m another neighbor said that he heard a woman yelling help me but couldn't remember when that happened so really helpful. Um, 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 um. Just uh, like him. Who? If you heard of somebody yelling, help me outside your house, mm. would you? Yeah. For sure. 
Who went after the boogeyman in the apartment, in the hotel? I did. Yeah, but nobody's going to help me. Still, I'm bold and brave. What if it was like a... Bold, oh, brave, and beautiful. What if it was like an older man with like a country drawl? Why not? Mm-hmm. Whatever. They didn't sound like hurt or injured or anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I probably would because we're too far removed that like it must be something, right? They wouldn't just like pick a random driveway. I don't know. Home invasion. I don't know what I would do. I think I would wake you up too, but then we would investigate. I don't know. On December 30th, 2010, police arrested Christopher Jeffries, her landlord, suspecting that he was the one who didn't done do it. They, the police held him in custody for questioning and released him after two days on bail. And in March 2011, he was released off of bail and got a sum of money for defamation because they went like, they arrested him and it blew up. They didn't even know if it was him or not, but every news and every reporter was like, this is it. So there were tons of articles written about him and people started depicting him as this like weird, creepy dude. One article called him a sort of nutty professor that made people feel creeped out. Um, and they thought he had like lewd, they were like saying he had lewd behaviors and things like that. Well, now the police have just created a murderer. What do you mean? They've they arrested him and he they like yeah ruined his life and made fun of him and now he's like ruined. So oh like, yeah, that's his backstory. Oh my gosh, wow, you're right. Oh my gosh, um, he said it was complete character assassination on a large scale. He took legal action legal action against six different newspapers, and like I said, he got a sum of money from the police. Joanna's boyfriend, Greg, even said that the finger-pointing and character assassination by social and news media was shameful. So this guy got just demolished. Um, on January 4th, 2011, a forensic psychologist who had worked on high-profile cases in England and the surrounding area joined Operation Braid. I just want to remember and remind you that it's called Operation Braid. Mm -hmm. Like, what do they mean, James Bond? And the same day that the psychologist joined the team, the police launched a campaign on Facebook. <laughs> That's what they've come to. Asking for more witnesses to come forward. And that page was viewed 250,000 times in the first day. Hmm. They also put CCTV footage of Joanna from Tesco and Bargain Booze Beer Emporium on YouTube. And that was viewed 120,000 times in the first day. And on January 5th, 2011, Chief Inspector Jones said that they figured out that one of Joanna's socks was missing. And that that was something to consider. Mm -hmm. With the pizza. With the pizza. The pizza and the sock. What's going on? The greatest love story ever told. A pizza and a sock. Walk into a bar. And the pizza and the sock. Not a, just a sock. The sock. Pizza and the sock. Mm -hmm. That's where all your socks go in the dryer. 
Off to find their pizza. <laughs> There's a pizza slice for every sock. A full pizza. Was it a full pizza or was it just a slice? Was it, it a, ordered was, a pizza. Was it a square box or was it a triangle box? Ordered a pizza. I'm assuming it's a full pizza. You don't want to see Could be a small. TV. No. I'm, I'm not sure it's up there anymore either. Burr, 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 burr. January 9th, 2011. Um, it, they d- decided to have a public DNA screening test be done. You want to get not considered a murderer come in and <laughs> check your dna yeah and because uh the forensic psychologist said that it had been used in the past for disappearances and it was pretty helpful they also started to look into all registered sex offenders in the area and what they were doing on december 17th they're really going ham on this despite no sexual assault evidence yeah but sex offenders i don't know January and later in January 2011, a reconstruction was created about what they think happened, and it was put on BBC's Crime Watch. Based on the reconstruction, 300 people, 300 plus, contacted the police with more information, um, and they also determined that they think that she had been transported based on evidence. Go to a second location. Does that end up good? Yeah. January 20th, 2011, the police arrest 32-year-old engineer Vincent Tabak, 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 whatever. We'll call him Vinny, who lived in the apartment next to Joanna. They arrested him because they received a tip from a female caller that said, this guy's sketchy, and he, um, and... Even though they had already talked to him and they determined that it wasn't him because he had been out of the country on vacation with his family in the Netherlands. Mm. That's what he said. But they arrested him anyway. Um, the DNA tests for the public were conducted. conducted by a private company. And when they swabbed Vinny, Vincent, um, they matched the DNA to... DNA found at the crime scene, but they said that the sample was not a great sample. What sample? What? What sample? The sample at the crime scene. Mm. Oh, sorry. I thought you would... Yeah, because, I mean, they're, the private company is swabbing people. Those are good samples. The one at the crime scene, not a good sample. Not always. They could have fucked it up in the lab. Yeah, that's It matched, true. but, like, the technician spit in it. <laughs> so it could be the tech. We don't know. Um, but they used a method called DNA Sense, S-E-N, capital C, capital E. I don't know what it stands for. Basically, the DNA gets kind of compacted down and, like, amplified into what they have, but they don't try to extrapolate it as far. They Mm -hmm. just kind of compress it or something, and it enhances the sample right over my head. Um... And from this method, they said, we couldn't say whether the DNA was from saliva or semen or even touch, but we can say that the probability of it not being a match with Vincent is less than one in a million. Which, like, okay, I don't know how great that is because you don't even know what it is, but whatever. 
So he was questioned and detained for 96 hours and then charged with the murder of Joanna Eats on 20, uh, 22, January 22nd, 2011. Originally, he was in Bristol Prison, but he was moved from Bristol Prison to Long Larton Prison and was placed on suicide watch because they feared for his safety in the other prison. He was not doing well. Um, he claimed that he did not commit the murder and it was all made up by corrupted officials. But on February 8th, he told a prison chaplain that he did commit it and was going to plead guilty. And then on May 5th, 2011, he pleads guilty to manslaughter, but said he did not murder her. Now let's rewind. I killed her, but I didn't mean to kill her. Yeah. Rewinding a little bit. A lot of bit. Just a little quick background on Vincent. He was born February 10th, 1978 in the Netherlands. Um, his childhood neighbor... <laughs> I just read my bullet wrong. My bullet says his childhood neighbor describes him as a typical introverted loner. Mm-hmm. But I saw a typical introverted boner. No, oh, they were going to say loser. Well, it looks like loser too, but I read boner. Um, he got a master's in architecture and moved to Bath, England to study at a firm. Um, he was studying the flow of people, which is like literally how people move in certain spaces. So mm-hmm. he would go to like schools or airports or stadiums or businesses. Just watch people. And watch people and how they move in order to better design a space to make people move fluidly. Um, He started a relationship when he moved there with a woman he met through an online website called Soulmates, and it was a very serious relationship, but they did not end up together. Uh, After the whole uh, thing came out with Joanna, and after he killed her, which is what he told the chaplain... He watched the news broadcast with relatives and was, like, reacting to it and freaking out. He called the police to say that, um, he also called the police to say that Christopher Jeffries had been using his car on December 17th. Mm-hmm. So if there was any C- CCTV of that car, it was Christopher Jeffries in the driver's seat. Was he living in, in yeah. her apartment? Well, the apartment next door. He was living in a hole in the wall. I was going to say he just like knew Christopher by happenstance. Landlord. Yeah. Uh, Because of the tip, an officer met up with Vincent to talk more about what he had to offer for the case. And then the officer became really suspicious because Vincent was showing special interest in the forensic details of the case and what they had found. And also because his details had started to change throughout the storytelling. He's trying to be super helpful. Yeah, so helpful. Uh, leading up to her death, Vincent had been research, researching, researching escort services and had been contacting sex workers for phone sex. Um, he was, I guess this is kind of sexual related, whatever. Anyway, he was also looking at violent internet pornography that depicted women being controlled, gagged, bound, and choked. And on his laptop, there were images of a woman that looked very similar to Joanna and was wearing a similar color and style top as the one she was wearing the day she went missing. But it wasn't her. No. It was a woman from the site. 
Uh, Vincent's trial started on October 4th, 2011. Um, the prosecution said that Vincent strangled Joanna in her apartment and pinned her to the floor and used his body weight to cut off all of her oxygen. However, there was a struggle involved because in the postmortem examination, they found that there were 43 injuries to her, including her head, neck, torso, and arms as she struggled. Um, and because of the number of injuries, it, it was apparent to them that the, her death was slow and painful mm-hmm. and drawn out. Evidence showed that Vincent tried to hide his crime by disposing of her body. One article I read said that um, he tried to, like, throw her over a wall but couldn't. And so she, like, fell on the same side of the wall. And that was, like, what did him in was that she was, like, out in the middle of Mm -hmm. everything and he couldn't get her over this wall. There was blood on the wall and stuff. It was, like, only if he could, like throw her over the wall but (laughs) yeah uh like i said dna matched vincent's dna at the crime scene and there were also fibers on her body that matched his car and his coat uh after she was murdered vincent had used his computer to look up how long it takes a body to decompose and when is garbage collected in the area that the body was dumped nice maybe clear your search history is that a thing that garbage i guess it is that garbage they just put the garbage routes online yeah well that was uh, the, for, for some reason i think it's like common knowledge that everyone's no. just like oh yeah it comes on tuesdays no, no 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 it's on their websites um vincent said that the murder had not been sexually charged at all and that he was just trying to get her to be quiet after she screamed when he tried to kiss her he said she made a flirty con- comment and that in- and invited him for a drink and that was his ticket in or whatnot. Um, and so he thought, oh, well, she wants me to kiss her. So he tried and she freaked out about that. And he said there was no struggle and that he dumped her body because he panicked. Um, there was also a suggestion by the prosecution that he potentially used her cat Bernard as a pretext for getting her to open her door because Bernard, I don't know how this works, because it says Bernard often left their apartment and went to his apartment and he would have to return Bernard. Mm-hmm. You can't have a cat door on an apartment building. No, but if she, I don't know, maybe they share. They're like a like green space or something? That or like he left out the back door like onto like a patio and there was just like a yeah yeah so they thought maybe he had been like here's bernard and she was like oh do you want to come in for a drink because it's like christmas time and i'm also alone and then he tried to kiss her and then she freaked out and then he's like don't scream and then um they discovered that the sock was miss that was missing was a trophy kept by Vincent after the murder. Moment. Nobody knows where the pizza went. I'll tell you. Moment. That never got solved. He probably ate it. On October 28th, 2011, he was found guilty of Joanna's murder and was given a life sentence with a minimum of 20 years before able to be paroled. And the prosecutor said his pornography habits should be included in the case, but the judge decided not to include it because he determined it did not show any premeditation in the 
situation. Then, so he was put in jail in 2011. On March 2nd, 2015, he pleaded guilty to something else that they discovered, which were hundreds of images of child pornography on his laptop. And he was given 10 months to add on to his sentence. And this is my least favorite thing that people do. He's serving it concurrently. Why is that a thing? That's like you don't get a sentence. You're like, well, I mean, here it is for your record and that's it. But yes, I mean, yes, in that regard. But then you're in prison and it's like, oh, this guy murdered a woman and now he's also got kitty porn. Yeah. So, yeah. And that is Joanna Yeats. And Vincent Tabak. Tabak. Tobacco. Tobacco. Tabaks. Backy. To back door. <laughs> to back door for Bernard. Um, 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 boom. Case closed. That was the noise for the case closed. You know what sounds even better than a case closed? What? A case of wine being opened. A case of wine being opened? What? Tell me more. Um, I mean, you obviously seem like you like wine. I love wine. You drink it a lot. It's gluten free. Often. No, I don't. I don't I won't say often. It's a lot of a mix of cider and wine on the podcast. I drink it a lot. It's always fun to learn about new wines and um, what your flavors and tastes are in that regard. Um, yeah. You can discover new regions around the world and find out what you like. And this can all be done. Tell me. If you go to trywink.com slash sadtales, you just fill out a short little uh, beep boop boop. Beep boop uh, Taste survey. About like how you like your coffee and other things like that. Um, and they're able to then suggest wines you may like. And you can pick four of those. And then if you use our code, uh, they'll send it to your house. $22 off. Complimentary shipping. Crazy. Crazy. Wink has provided me with some of my best drinks that I've had this year or ever. And I love the fact that they send it to me. I am a lazy human, and I don't like to move unless I have to. And walking a couple steps to the door to get wine is the best thing that could happen. So we really suggest you go on over to Wink and find some wines you love. Go to trywink.com slash sadtales, and that will get you $22 off your first box of four wines and complimentary shipping. All right. See you over there. Will you? Maybe. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? Yes, he does. <laughs> so do your guy. <laughs> yeah, he lent it to Chris Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take you back to the winter 2017. That was really not that long ago. Reykjavik. Reykjavik? No, Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. Iceland. 20-year-old... Wait a minute. Um, are you about to start trying to pronounce Icelandic words? Yeah. I'm stoked. 20-year-old... I couldn't even pl- pronounce an English word. Birna. Birna. Brand Stadir. Wow. Stadir. I did my best listening. Um, was walking uh, along the Lagaveir, Lagaveir Street, um, which translates roughly to the way of the hot pools. Oh, I was going to say lake, which is close. Uh, yeah, it's a, a path that women 
back in the day would have used to go to like the hot springs to wash clothes and stuff. Oh, nice. Um, it's roughly like two miles outside of Reykjavik. Um, nowadays, it's like a main shopping thoroughfare, much like touristy shops and bars and stuff along there. Got it. Um, Birna, having grown up in the area, she knew it pretty well. She would often go out to bars and stuff with her friends. And so she just knew what she was doing walking around on those streets. The previous summer, she and some friends had been active in Runtur. I didn't look up how to pronounce that word, which means round tour like in the country it's like you just drive around in cars and like park and talk and drink but in Reykjavik it's like a pub crawl nice um so the night of January 13th 2017 uh Birna was out playing cards at a pub with some of her friends before they went out dancing um her friends described her as like the kind of person that would have always gotten up first on the dance floor if no one was ever there and to start dancing that's a nice kind of friend to have um her and her friends stayed at the at that bar until about two in the morning, um, when her friends said like they were getting tired. She's like, "I'm gonna, I'm still I'll going." Dance forever. Yep. So she stayed for another three hours and left when the bar closed around five a.m. Whoa! Go hard. Jesus, Bjorna. Um. So she left that dance club and stopped shortly to get a pita as she walked down the Lagavere. You know what sounds like pita? Pizza. Pizza. Did they find the pita? I don't think they were looking for did it as intensely. It? I imagine so. <laughs> I did not see the... Um, it was not uncommon to have like seen a young woman just walking alone. Oh, with a pita. Yeah, at, alone at night with a pita. If she doesn't have a pita, it's... <laughs> that girl needs a pita! <laughs> that's a 5 a.m. food. Um, because And that's because Iceland is generally like a peaceful place there's like a strong feeling of like inclusivity and like everyone's your neighbor yeah um and there's like it's just like something you need during the winters just because like the summers are real nice and fun but the winters are just like awful and rough right i can imagine um wait is iceland iceland's the green one though yes yeah um and they also like have a strong like self-reliance feeling like if you need to get it done you'll get it done yourself or whatever um and then like with a population of like three hundred forty thousand you more or less knew everybody or knew somebody who knew the person you wanted to know. Is that the population of Reykjavik? Of Iceland. What? Yeah. No way. Wow. Um, entire years have gone by in like um, Iceland without like a single murder taking place. And it's like 20 times lower the world average for murders. Can we move there, please? And one more fun statistic. Between the years of 2000 and 2015, there was an average of 1.6 murders a year. One person died a year. One and a half people died a year. Wow. Yeah, we just had like one and a half people die a second mm-hmm. in the U.S. So, Birna's walking down Lug of Air, um, and despite it being 15 degrees outside. Fahrenheit? Yeah, negative 9C. Mm. I was going to do the C first, but that just went with Fahrenheit. That's fair. Um, she seemed, yes, she seemed quite unfazed, and maybe this was due to be due to her like being drunk because multiple pedestrians and cctv noted her like stumbling down the street dropping coins bumping into people so that could have been why she was not perturbed um she was wearing a pair of knee-high boots with glow-in-the-dark skeleton foot on the outside uh black jeans and a gray sweater with a black sweatshirt um birna walked past a coffee shop coffee and waffle shop and then past an alley that led down to the ocean and then 
That's it. Just peaced out. No more CCTV? Nope. Um, Saturday morning comes around and Birna does not show up for work and that worries her friend Maria because Birna was never late and if she was, she would have like called ahead or said right. something. Um, Maria and Birna had grown up um, and were grade school friends. They would often watch Britain's Got Talent together. <laughs> um, the pair worked at Hagkalp. Hagkalp. <laughs> it's like a hypermarket, which was like a... It sold food and clothes and other... Target. Yeah, I guess on, on a bigger scale. Target. There's a super Target. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. We went to one. Yes. Um, but the two worked in the fashion department in that store. Uh, Maria then tried calling Birna's phone, but it was off. And that was another warning sign because her phone was never off. So Maria takes it upon herself to contact Birna's friends from the night before. Um, the, the friends had believed that Birna had just gone home after her 5 a.m. departure. Gone home to her dad's house, but she wasn't there. Maria then called Birna's mom, Scylla. I'm sorry. Did you say how old this girl is at this point? She's 20. Okay. Thank you. Um, Strinky age 18? Must be. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, Maria calls Birna's mom, Scylla, who knew that her daughter was very independent, but also would let her, would have let her parents know what she was doing. Right. Um, so they're b- both obviously worried. So that Saturday night, Scylla filed a police report, um, and then posted on Facebook, urging people to help her f- find her daughter. I'm also assuming it's Scylla. I didn't look up pronunciation just because every time I did it, gave me a Spanish pronunciation. Yeah, it's chair. No. S I L L L A. Chair. See, I think it's chair. I could be wrong. So that's I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's chair. I don't no. think her name is chair. Iceland, will you forgive Alex today as he stumbles his way through? The UK already forgave me for Gloucestershire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, within a few hours of the post being made, it had been shared a couple thousands of times but there was no real movement there was no real tips coming in there's only so many people in iceland yeah um Scylla remained up the entire night calling the police station e- between every half or one hour to check if there were any possible updates um and there were none until 9 a.m sunday morning um and that was just before birna's phone was either shut off or died it pinged a tower in hopnafairdish <laughs> Which had a, a really weird character I'd never seen before. It's Ooh. like a a D, but the the arm, the back of the D is yeah. curved toward the front with a line through it. Whoa. Um, which is just south of Reykjavik, um, a town known for its lava fields. So um, Birna's mom and some family friends and just other uh, acquaintances drive down to Hapnafairdish and they begin going door to door and calling out for Birna's name just as they go down the street. Sad. Um, and there is little movement on the police end just due to lack of evidence of foul play. Like, you know, she's 20, 20. She's, she's going to go, go away yeah, for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, Silo agreed to two TV interviews and Birna's disappearance was featured on the Sunday evening news. Mm-hmm. Even great name here too. Um, Detective Grimmer Grimerson. <laughs> no, stop. Stop. Grimson, sorry. Stop. That's not. Grimmer. Grimmer. Stop. 
uh, was at home Sunday night enjoying dinner with his wife, and so he didn't get a chance to see the Sunday news, but his supervisor called just after the news aired and basically told him what happened. Um, and then he got a second call from the Reykjavik police station asking him to come in. Grim. Grimson. Uh, Grimmer had been... Grimmer? It has to have like some weird accent on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, well, you're not Icelandic, it's okay. Um, had been working with the police for just over 30 years. He had been involved in cases that um, focused on the people involved in like the 2009 financial crash. Mm. So like managers and traders that led up to that. Weird. Um, at the station on Sunday, Grimmer was not overly concerned. She's a 20-year-old. She's yeah, going to go away. Also, the, a lot of people that went missing. You keep saying unquote. gonna go away. <laughs> she's gonna go away. She's just t- she's mm-hmm. a 20-year-old. She'll go away. Um, a lot of people that had been like missing over the years, quote-unquote missing, have been just like hunters or people that would run away from home and they would just show back up. Oh. Fine. And they're like, this is Iceland. Nothing bad happens in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, police dog searched uh, Birna's last seen location. CCTV had Birna walking past the Lebowski bar. But uh, the camera, the next camera a block away, she, she was gone. She wasn't on there anymore. Um, police did notice that a Kia Rio was driving the opposite direction of Birna when she was last seen. And they weren't sure if this was a significant enough right. piece of evidence. Um. So they decide to look into it just because they're not sure where it's going to go. Um, the, it ends up being that the car is fairly common in Iceland and the video quality is not good enough to either see the driver or the license plate or anything else discerning about the vehicle. They need to up their systems. I think there was like 100 cars in Iceland like that. Um, Sunday night, Scylla and Brenna's father, Bron, with a J... Mm-hmm. Um, go to the police station asking for a full investigation because they're not moving forward without like any reason to. Um, they're insisting she had no reason to go missing. Um, Birna had been described as like the, the quote-unquote happy pill by her friends. She, oh, yeah. she was always so bubbly and yeah. upbeat. Um, on Monday, police hold a press conference and ask for any additional information that anyone might have. Stella believed that Birna may have stopped and talked with some tourists or passers-by um she also just recently started seeing seeing someone on tinder so maybe that's where that was she was concerned about the tourists just because um birna and uh, marie were planning a trip to i think england in mm-hmm. a couple months so she maybe just like been hey what do you do, like do in england or yeah. whatever um how did they fi- figure that she was talking to tourists that's I don't know, something she, just, she would do yeah so she was like, I think it was tourists. Could have been yeah, racist. I don't know. Um, Just kidding. Grimmer updated the public that the Icelandic Association for Search and Rescue, or Ice Star, Ice Star, which is made up of mostly um, emergency volunteer workers. Um, they just like people that were, I don't know, qualified to look for missing people or do that kind of work. Um, we're gonna start looking into this because um, you don't want to like. Ted from next door just walking down the street looking because he might see something and mess it up. Um, Monday night, a pair of brothers searching for Birna that have no relation to Ice Star near Hapna Ferdish. They're just poking around there for whatever reason and they're near some oil tanks. Um, and, and among construction materials, they found a pair of uh, or a single knee high boot. Okay. 
Um, police arriving on the scene confirmed that that was Birna's. So divers begin searching the waters nearby as Grimmer and other police go through the CCTV in that area. And they notice a Kio Rio entering the area on Saturday morning. Um, police watched the car pull up along a fishing boat, the Polar Nanok, which was a Greenlandic, Greenland. Pause. Wait. There was a boat. There's a boat down our road, uh, probably like a half a mile to a mile in someone's yard on a like a trailer. And the boat's name is Wet Dreams with nice. a Z. Nice. Wet Dreams. Wet. No, just no. wet. Mm. Just thought I'd it would have, you know. it I saw have, that today. It would have gotten you wetter if it was wet dreams. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so please watch the car pull up along a fish, a Greenlandic. I didn't, I didn't look up the denominator for Greenlanders. That's fine. Um, a, the polar Nanok, um, a man drunkenly got out of the car and went onto the boat and then the car left. Um, this time the police were able to get a good enough picture of the, um, license plate and they were able to find out that the car had been rented to a Thomas Moller Ol- Olson, um, a Greenland man who had, was working on the polar Nanok. Um, since, uh, that CCTV footage, Thomas had returned the car and then a family had rented it and then police were like, we need to get this car. So they go and get it. And they realized that the car had recently been cleaned. Um, a member of the family that had rented that car complained about the chemicals. There's like the strong chemical smell inside the car. Um, Looking further into the car, police find trace amounts of blood in the backseat and the sample is sent out to Sweden since Iceland does not have an advanced crime lab. (laughs) Iceland. The entire country. 340,000 people. No crime lab? I mean, there probably is one. It's just not advanced enough to Mm -hmm. compare samples, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Police start to look for this Thomas man. And the second unidentified man who would have been driving that car that dropped uh, Thomas off. They learned that both of those men ultimately had left the country on the fishing boat. So. They're gone. They're gone. Um, since leaving, Thomas Olsen and the other man, Nikolai Olsen, not related at all. Just oh. have the same last name. Related to the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsons? Could be. Did they christen a boat? Yeah, yeah. What was in that? A Danish or something? They were going to Holland. Holland. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had been acting normal on the boat. That is an, until Thomas read an article that the Polar Nanok had been implicated in the investigation for Birna. Oh. Um, and then also a newspaper reporter um, somehow found a Facebook group that the members of this fishing boat used to communicate I mean, it seems like it could be doable. Um, and this reporter asked, like, sent Thomas a few questions, wondering if he would be able to answer them, and that apparently like made him uneasy. Mm-hmm. And he brought this up to the captain, and the captain's like, "We don't got anything to worry about if you don't do anything wrong. Take these sedatives. Take these sedatives. Yeah. Oh wow, he's really yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at this point that police realize that they got a little bit of a legal problem ahead of them because the ship was registered to greenland Mm -hmm. it was currently in greenland's waters Mm -hmm. which is a territory of denmark Mm -hmm. so they weren't really sure how they were going to be able to go as another country to 
take these men out of you just talk to territorial waters. Denmark, Greenland, and say we need to work together. Their plan was to fly a Coast Guard helicopter um, with four cops to a Danish warship. Then they were going to go to Greenland to pick up some Greenland officers to then go to the ship to make an arrest. Mm-hmm. But when the captain of the ship learned that his ship was involved in this some way, he's like, all right, we'll go back to Iceland. Why? He's like, maybe my crew members did something wrong. He's like, I don't want to like deal with this whole legal problem of like a warship coming up oh, on me wow. or something. I don't know. He wants to turn him in. He wants to, I guess, make sure everything's ship shape. So the captain and senior crew members told Nikolai and Thomas that there were engine problems and they also turned off the ship's Wi-Fi so the pair couldn't use the internet to like cooperate stories or find out what was going on. Dang. Um, it's a sting. The boat was met in Icelandic waters with the Viking Staven or Viking Squad, which was a counterterrorism unit um, since there is no special forces unit in Iceland because Iceland doesn't have a military. <laughs> I love Iceland. Can we go? Um, yeah, we can. Live there. The men were arrested and confined in the boat until um, it made port. Um, this story like quickly became a major deal to Iceland, Icelanders, Icelandic people. Um, just because there were low crime rates and it's like, it was a weird thing to talk for parents to have to talk about with their kids. Like, this girl went missing and like these guys maybe did it and like crime is a thing that happens to people in yeah. other countries <laughs> in other countries then they played a documentary about the u.s mm-hmm. and they're like this is the worst don't do this This is just one news cycle from one hour a <laughs> uh, sociology professor from the university of iceland said that it represented the ultimate fear in our society a young innocent woman targeted in a downtown area and that the suspects were outsiders that only intensified it um, the National Broadcasting Company of Iceland delayed the airing of the second season of a BBC show called The Missing, which is about a woman that goes missing. <gasps> They're like, not doing that. No way. Too soon. Um, DNS, DNA test came back and confirmed that Birna's blood was in the backseat of the car. Um, we're just going to go back just a little bit. Um, the Polar Nanok had arrived in Iceland on January 11th. And on the 13th, a few crew members were going into town just because they were going to be there for a little bit and they yeah. just wanted to go experience Reykjavik, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Nikolai took a cab into Reykjavik and he went to a pub um, and ended up winning eight beers on a pub game. Like spun a wheel and won eight beers. Dope. Um, when Thomas joined later with the rental car, Nikolai, um, Nikolai was already pretty drunk Hammer. after eight beers. Um, they ultimately went up to another bar and then they... Left along the Lagavere. I'd look at my notes. <laughs> it is then that the two men claim that Birna and another woman got to, into their car for no reason. What? Birna and another woman just opened the door and was like, all right, this is our car. Hmm. And then they went to the boat. Um, Nikolai claims to have fallen asleep um, during this whole thing. He was dropped off at the ship and then Thomas took the car and hooked up with the two girls. That's oh. That's their story. We're going with. Um, Police found that Nikolai's claim was passable, Uh um, but Thomas's accounts were full of holes. He was seen driving from the harbor around 7 a.m. 
he then went dark for four hours. His phone was off. His he was, was the one who was supposed to hook up with him. Yeah. Who was supposedly that? Yeah. Um, his phone was off. He was on, not on CCTV. He just like disappeared for four hours. Nobody knows where he went. Mm-hmm. The odometer suggests that he went a pretty good distance. Um, but the next time he was seen on camera, he was buying Ajax clothes, bags, and he was seen scrubbing the backseat of the car. Oh my god! Why do you do that in a camera? Because mm. it's not like. America, we don't have like cameras everywhere. Everywhere, I feel like European countries have cameras everywhere. So there's. I think we have a lot of cameras too. Um, you know, luminol. Yeah. Um, it's like a chemical compound that will like show up. There's like blood. Mm-hmm. Um, luminol analysis of the backseat showed it was just jam packed with blood. Jam packed. Despite it being attempted to be like scrubbed away. Uh huh. Thomas also had scratches on his chest indicative of a uh, struggle yeah in his cabin on the fishing vessel he had 23 kilograms of hashish Mm -hmm. which is a cannabis resin Mm -hmm. worth about 1.4 million euro what Mm -hmm. wow um birna's license was also found folded up in the ship's trash oh my gosh Mm mm-hmm just after a week of Birna being missing, a police officer and a helicopter found Birna's body offshore in Iceland's um, southern peninsula. Um, Birna had been found naked, but there were no signs of any sexual assault. She had been hit in the head and strangled, but she was alive when she went in the water, and her ultimate cause of death was drowning. Um, her funeral was held at the biggest church in Iceland with... Um, those in attendance being around somewhere around 2,000 people. Wow. Which included the president and the prime minister. Holy moly. Um, after being held for two, about two weeks, Nikolai was released as after police realized he like had no involvement in this, it would seem. But Thomas stuck to a story that they hopped in our car and I went and hooked up with them and then they it. just left. Yeah. Um, he was charged with murder and drug possession. But he pleaded guilty to the murder, or not to the murder, to the drug charge, but not the murder charge. Um, what about the other girl? Fake, fake, fake news. news. Yes, because during the trial, um, he told the court that Birna entered the car. Now only Birna entered the car for no reason. Got it. Um, he, Thomas, got out of the car at some point during this drive back to the fishing vessel and got went out to go pee. And Nikolai took the car and. Um, with Birna still in it, and then Nikolai returned without Birna. But Nikolai's the one who was stumbling, stumbling back to the boat. Yeah. So during this, sometime during the trial, he's like, Nikolai did it. I didn't do it. <laughs> Poor Nikolai. Um, so after um, about a month in court, Thomas was convicted on both counts, the drug and murder charges, and he got 19 years. Yeah. Um, it's like... Four or five years is the minimum for a murder charge in Iceland, but max is life in prison. Okay. Four or five years is the minimum? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's now just been over a little, over two years since uh, Birna's murder. Um, Icelanders said there's like been like a definite shift in like how their society functions really in this. That's really sad. I mean, people still go out and, like, they still live their lives, but... Um, there's not that trust anymore. Yeah, there's just, like, a, a split. Something's, like, off. 
there's definitely a lot of CCTV cameras, like people that were fighting it for a while. They just ultimately lost that fight after this. Yeah. Um, women look out after one another more. Um, there's also now a Facebook group for um, like a ride share that's for women only. So it's like women drivers and women passengers only. Wow. That's cool. Um, it's the world we live in, Alex. Yep. And Grimmer. Grimson. Grimmer Grimson. He said he does regret not responding to like enacting faster to Asilla's pleas to like help look for his daughter or her daughter rather. But would it have changed anything? Probably not, no. Yeah. Because he was seen scrubbing Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, that's sad that he blames himself. I would probably blame myself in some capacity as well. Yeah, that also, he came back for that, that one case. Yeah, I think he, one article I was reading, it looked like he retired and then came back, and that was this was his only murder case, and he's like, this is probably only my only ever murder case. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Thomas is still in prison. Good. And that's the story of Birna Brandstadier. Stadier. Did you ever say her last name? In the beginning. Oh yeah. Um. I was gonna say something. No, oh, well, I got a lot of this information from. I don't remember what site it was. It was like a British article, but it was like how the murder of this 20-year-old woman like shaped Iceland or something like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because every story we've told about the US or even the UK or whatever. They were just like, yep, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's changed things, but not drastically. And it goes away. I mean, it. it's possible it'll go away. It's still only been two years at this point. Still, though. For a country that never experiences that kind of thing, mm -hmm. it just shakes everything. Yeah, now they're a little... I mean, they, they the Icelanders are grateful it was Greenlanders that did it, and it wasn't, like, yeah. their own people. But So now they're a little less trustworthy of outsiders. That, yeah, but that's half the problem these days. Yeah. That's, like, a... That's... Your case is a case... That just speaks to everything that happens right now. It has so many relevant channels that you could have a full-fledged discussion on. It's very, very relevant, not just because it's recent. So there was no sexual assault. No. Oh, but she was naked. She was found naked, yeah, probably because he was trying to dispose of her clothes. So I don't. I don't know. Could that evidence go away? If she's in the water for that long? I don't know how that works. Well, I mean, she, I mean, she was wearing all black, but I don't know if for whatever reason they didn't have like a clear picture of what she looked like and they found a body. It would be harder to be like, this is her versus like, this is definitely her because she's wearing these clothes. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Thank you for bringing us to Iceland. I want to go there forever. It was a good time to go like two years ago because like not a lot of tourists went there. Now everyone goes there because it's just super cheap. Yeah, but now that means it's not cheap anymore. Right. Bummer. Missed it. Next time. Get on the next one. We'll go to Burma. Burma. It's not called that anymore. Myanmar. <laughs> yeah, the USSR is still a thing too. Did you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as for the 
strange thing. It's not exactly, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like so shocking. It's not the lemon scanner situation. No, it's just also, I guess, kind of indicative of today's society or something. Okay. I don't know. So I was at the hair, hair dressers, barber. Oh, yeah, you went to the hair salon Yeah, today. you didn't say anything about it. I'm sorry. Um, but there was a... It's also wet. There was a kid in the chair next to me getting his hair cut, and he was, like, there for longer than I was, and I was there for, like, 20 minutes. He was there before I got there, and he was still there when I left. Kids are squirmy. No, he was fine. He was just sitting there. He was, like, 12. Huh. I don't know. Weird. He's just taking his time. Um... But the guy that was doing my hair just kept saying like, oh, this guy's he's going to be like, he's going to be like a good looker. He's going to get all the women. Ew, what? And the kid's just like sitting there like smiling. And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Twelve. Yeah. And he just like, he said it once and like nothing happened. And he said it again. And like his dad's like, oh, yeah. Oh, Ew. yeah, I know. And he's like, um, he's not even going to have to like try. He's going to like, I back in my day, the hairdresser was like, I had a spit game. And he's like, just goes on Instagram and just is like, like or like comment or whatever. And he's able to, he'd, he'd be able to get it. Ew, what? And then his dad's like, yeah, sometimes I have to check his Instagram messages to oh, what? just to make sure. Ew, what? <laughs> uh, he's a kid. Yeah. Why are they talking about him? As- I don't know. He was just sitting there like smiling, like not even showing teeth, like the kind of like. Ew. What? Yep. That's so weird. Why, why, why talk about somebody like that? And then why talk about your kid like that? And then like, he's a kid. Yeah, but that also could just be the way that kids grow up now, though. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe it is, honestly. There's a lot of young, young people who overtly sexualize themselves and they're way too young to be sexualized. Like, it's a crime. A big crime. Mm-hmm. And they overtly sexualize themselves. Ugh. Oh, I hate thinking about it because it makes me so frustrated and grossed out. And it's like, dude, you realize you're like 13. That's disgusting. You're a kid. You know what I was doing at 13? Being like, maybe I shouldn't play with Polly Pocket anymore. Yeah, but I made this argument before. We didn't grow up with the internet. We did, but we didn't grow up with iPhones and everything. So? I would not have been any different. I was still you, a noob, nerd, loser. You can't know that, though. Human. Yes, I can. Because here I am a full-fledged person, and I don't overtly sexualize myself. That's also not the way society was. Yeah, I know, it wasn't like an internet still, put yourself out there kind of world yet. I was like making geeky like musicals with my friends. Yeah, that was the beginning the begins of the internet. We didn't post them. Oh. <laughs> we just made them for ourselves. Yeah, it was like I don't know. Ugh. That's weird. That is a strange thing. For sure. You know what else is strange? That we've done another episode. Good job, us. Killing it. Even when we don't have time. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple things 
that we like to tell you. Number one, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sad Tales Podcast. And we have social media accounts. All of them. Maybe. Sad Tales Podcast. Check that out. If it's not there, don't take it. <laughs> yeah, tell it's us ours. and we'll take it. And we have a Gmail. Sad Tales Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us anything? letters and notes. Well, we don't have a mailbox for that. No. Email. But you can send us email notes. E-mails. Electronic mail. These new things, have you heard of it? Yeah. It's electronic, but it's like a mail. Oops, sorry. That's my computer saying it's time. It is. All right. Um, thanks. Tell a friend. Or a foe. Or anyone you know. Be back with you in a week.